1: Welcome to Marriage Helper Live. Hi, I'm Dr. Joe Beam, and this is Kimberly Holmes. She is the CEO of Marriage Helper, and this particular program is designed to help you by answering questions that you have about relationships. You can ask questions about any kind of relationship you wish, but we get a lot of calls about marriages and that we are Marriage Helper. So what kind of calls do you think we're going to be getting today?
2: If I had to put money on it, which maybe we should one day, (laughs) but if I had to put money on it, I would think we're going to have a lot of calls, people asking about smart contacts, people asking about um, whether or not their spouse is in an affair, how they can know what they can do, different things like that. Yeah.
1: If you go to our website, marriagehelper.com, you can find many articles there and podcasts and et cetera, addressing a lot of these topics. But even with that, people often have questions and specific questions. And even on YouTube, if you go to youtube.com slash marriagehelper, all one word, you can find tons of videos we've done there as well. And if you go to YouTube, as a matter of fact, you might be watching us on YouTube right now. If you go to YouTube and do that, then please subscribe. And that way you'll know when our videos are ready. I don't know if the, as soon as they come out and we have how many a week that come out
2: I feel like I'm losing count. Jesse our producer too. We have two new videos that are coming out each week, but here's the thing. These aren't just videos that are, you know, 2 minutes of here's what happened, here's what we ate for breakfast type of things. These are videos where we're answering very specific questions over the past uh 3 weeks. The first uh I don't remember the days, but over the past three weeks, the first two weeks of those three weeks, you did two videos. One released each week on sexual rejections effect on a marriage. One is going towards the spouse who is doing the rejecting Uh the other one, the spouse who feels rejected. Uh And those videos that you did, you, you extrapolated from the research that you did with your own PhD that you had received. Um, and you looked at the, the correlation between marital and sexual satisfaction. And so you know, those are, those took a lot of time and effort to do those videos. Last week, I did one on the three types of infidelity, which garnered a lot of questions, actually. Some people started asking and saying, there's more than just limerence? What in the world? And I maybe should clarify some of those in an upcoming video that we do. But yeah, we're, we're actually wanting to give you really great guidance and really great research and really great tools for what you can do in your relationship moving forward in the videos that we do. So be sure mm-hmm. to subscribe. And you'll be notified whenever we get new videos or when we go live.
1: Yeah, we go live. Right now we're doing it just on Mondays, but um, we go live. We'll be doing more coming up before too long, doing even more live programs.
0: Mm-hmm. Now understand
1: as we start answering questions, sometimes people will ask questions using phraseologies that you might be wondering, where did that come from? Like Kimberly just mentioned about smart contact or about pies. Those are things you can find out more about by going to our website at com or watching some of the videos on YouTube. Mm. And if we answer questions about them, we'll try to give them at least a brief explanation of what they are so that as we answer the questions, if you're not familiar with those terminologies, you can figure out what we're talking about, and I think probably this first caller is going to be asking you those kinds of questions, and we're going to Erin in New York. Hi, Erin. Are on with us on the show? Hi, Dr. How are you today? Hi, how are you? I'm rocking and bopping. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> how many Thanks for help taking my friend? call. You're very welcome.
3: Um, Well, I've been married for 11 years. Um, I'm 35, and my husband and I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old girl, Um, and we've been having some pretty serious problems um, since about March, and um, at the end of June, he uh, told me that he was done with our marriage, and um, his behavior had just been really gradually changing up till that point, becoming very cold and um, just not Mm -hmm. himself, and then now it's at the point where he is doing things like threatening to cut me off from our money, threatening to cut off my health mm. insurance. Um, I noticed, I've noticed things like on our phone bill, our cell phone bill, his text messages are up to like 3000 a month. So mm. something, something's not right. I don't know if it's truly infidelity. Um, he is very hurt. I've made a lot of mistakes in our marriage, and I've tried to really apologize for those and ask for forgiveness. But, Uh and, you know, I've been trying since I discovered marriage helper, I've been trying to, you know, work on myself with my pies, take walks outside, you know, I've been trying to maintain smart contact as best I can. I mean, I mess up, but I try to be friendly and and be a safe place for him. But it's getting to the point where I'm really concerned that he's about what's happening behind my back. I don't know if there's any hope if there's a spouse who says that they can't forgive He says that he would have to, he says he'd have to change in a bad way as a person in order to forgive me and that he can't do it. And that's really hard to hear. We're, we're Christians. We believe that, you know, you forgive and that adultery is the only way out of marriage. And so Mm -hmm. I haven't been unfaithful. So, and he won't go to church. So he's just, he's completely changed. And I don't know if I should be shifting into protective mode and trying to protect myself or if there's really still even hope for our marriage.
1: Well, those things are not mutually exclusive, by the way. Um, Mm -hmm. First of all, Kimberly, if you don't mind, just for the sake of those who are tuning in new with us on YouTube, can you tell Mm -hmm. a quick explanation of pies and smart contact?
2: Yeah, for... Newbies. Pies is what we talk about in terms of attraction. So big picture at Marriage Helper, we talk about there's a process to falling in love. And there's actually multiple stages of that process, but it always begins with attraction. But what people typically don't know or realize is there's actually four different types of attraction that composes so to say how attractive a person is and those are what we call the pies there's physical attraction intellectual attraction emotional attraction and spiritual attraction and i won't go more into depth about each of those here you can again go to our youtube channel and see different articles on our site or on youtube or videos on youtube that go more into depth than that but it's really helpful in knowing this bottom line about the pies is it's always more than physical And all of those aspects are very important with emotional attraction being the most important aspect of attraction because it's all about evoking emotions in someone that they enjoy feeling. And so we typically don't even think about that, but it typically is what ends up pushing people away from us, like our husbands or our wives, especially when we've been married a long period of time, because we're not doing things to continue to evoke positive emotions. So that's a brief, super brief overview of what pies means. Now, smart contact, shifting gears completely completely is a type of, oh goodness, I have to watch my words here because people can take them out of context. Um, It is a process of of how to communicate with a spouse who doesn't want to communicate with you, but it can also be used just in general in your marriage, being smart about the way that you speak to your spouse. But We typically use it at first when we're talking about a couple that's separated or a couple where they can't get their spouse to speak with them because of anger, because of whatever reason. So smart contact is basically saying, okay, don't push your spouse to talk to you. Don't call them every day, text them every day, leave them a voicemail, send them an email, because there's one school of thought out there that says do that so that you'll always be in front of their face and they'll never forget you. Mm -hmm. But what that typically ends up doing is pushing your spouse further away because you become annoying. Mm -hmm. The other school of thought out there is no contact, and that's becoming increasingly popular these days, especially on YouTube, which basically says for a period of time, typically 30 days, just don't contact your partner at all because absence makes the heart grow fonder, Mm -hmm. which is idiotic in its own way because (laughs) if your spouse then reaches out to you, the no contact premise is you ignore them. And that's stupid. That goes against everything you're trying to get to happen. So the middle ground of this is we want to be smart with the way that we do that. So in that, we reach out to our spouse about things that are not relationship issues. So we call those things business items, although it might not have anything to do with business. But things about reaching out with things having to do with the kids or the mortgage or the finances or whatever it is, but not reaching out to them to say, You jerk. I can't believe you did this. You're hurting me so much. Please come back. You're not doing that. You're you're just talking about things that have less emotion and don't have to do with your marriage. And you do that to build a foundation of positive communication so that over time, your spouse will become more comfortable with you. And it will hopefully lead to more conversations about in the future, your marriage or the relationship or whatever that might be. But that doesn't come until Way down the line.
1: Okay, Aaron, sorry that we uh, interrupted our conversation with you. Oh, that's okay. I wanted to make sure that new people understood that. So basically, the pies are a pull, they tend to pull people towards you, and the smart contact stops you from pushing the other person away. But as Kimberly said, you can find a lot on here. Mm-hmm. Now, the question I understood from you, Aaron, is you're saying, okay, should I shift over into protective mode? I don't think that necessarily going into protective mode is different than what we're talking about already. It is different. So Mm -hmm. let me phrase that differently. It's not necessarily an antithesis. You can still practice the pies because when you do the pies, the physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual, you're actually doing those things for you. No matter how he reacts, you're still doing those things for you. Now, may they have an effect on him? Absolutely. Is it a good thing if it does have an effect on him? Absolutely. But you're not doing those in basis of how does he react you're doing those because of the best thing you do for you and the smart contact as well but when you have somebody threatening you saying I'm gonna cut off your financials and I'm gonna take off your health insurance and those kinds of things then it's of necessity I think now, it's your, your decision on mine but of necessity I think that you protect yourself you see mm-hmm. people typically think and maybe you are Aaron you're thinking well if I do protect myself then that's a push Is pushing him away. And the answer to that is you're probably right. It probably does push him away because he's he's threatening these things in some way to get his way over you. And so if you say, no, I'm not gonna let that happen. If I have to see an attorney to protect myself financially, I will. If I've got to see an attorney to make sure that, that the kids and I still have health insurance, then I will. He will see that as a push, but, or at least in all likelihood, he will see that as a push. But those are pushes that you need to do. So sometimes you do things that you know are pushes, but they're things you really need to do to protect you or protect your children. Now, in the short term, he might react very negatively to that. But in the long mm-hmm. term, it's what you need to do for you and your children. And we have seen so many times that in the long term, it actually increases respect. Not short term, they get mad, long term like you're not going to let me run over you you're not going to let me just have my way mm-hmm. and when a person's threatening those kinds of things we strongly recommend that you get the attorney and protect yourself as much as possible now am i answering your question or did i miss it
3: no you are i've had some i'm not sure if i should tell him that i'm doing that i've been i've been trying to tell him you know that i trust him and that i believe he's a good person and you know <clears throat> really still build that rapport with him so i'm and we're still living together too So Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit worried that if I tell him, Hey, I talked to an attorney that he'll be really, as you said, very angry. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, he hasn't taken any action yet. So it's like, I'm trying Mm -hmm. to give him a chance, but it's scary. And he's actually wanting me to leave our home. He, he wants me to leave, even though I'm a Mm -hmm. stay at home mom, he wants Mm -hmm. me to leave. He wants me to let him raise our kids. He just wants me out. And I just don't know if there's any hope.
1: Uh, well, at this point, think more in terms of protection. It, I strongly recommend that you do not leave your home, and I also strongly recommend mm-hmm. that you go see an attorney right now. Even if you don't tell your husband, find a really good attorney—one uh, that that you can find out information about to know whether he or she is really good and then tell that attorney what's going on. And you can say, at this point, I'm not ready to tell my husband this because I think it'll be a big push, but I need to know that if he does these things that you're ready to act to protect me and to protect my children. If you leave Mm -hmm. that home in most states, I don't know what it is where you live, but in most states, if you leave the home, it actually gives him an advantage and you don't want that to happen. Now you've already told me that he's changed. He's become a different person. He quit going to church, yeah. all these other kind of things. Says if I forgive you after become a different person that's not good. As you know, all those signs are bad signs. There's nothing good in any yeah. of that. I'm not trying to discourage you. We're just trying to get you to face reality. But does that mean that there's no hope? No, it does not mean that. You're in a particular situation at a particular time. As things evolve, things tend to change. And so if you want to keep sending for your marriage because you love this guy and you believe at heart he's still a good man, then it's a good thing to do that. Keep doing that. Mm-hmm. Just make sure you've got okay. all the resources ready to protect you if you need to be protected. And And even if he goes so far as to divorce you, which we hope doesn't happen. What we have learned in our experience with thousands and thousands of couples, that does not necessarily mean things are over. The Mm -hmm. passing Mm -hmm. of time changes things. And while I'm sure that divorce is scary, scary to you, it doesn't Mm -hmm. so much scare us because Mm -hmm. we see many couples that are able to put it together, even if that happens.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: My suggestion, my friend, is be strong. Protect you and your children. Don't let yourself be manipulated. Now, it's always your choice, but that's what we recommend.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: Thank you. I appreciate it
1: you are very welcome and uh, uh since you say you're a christian i pray that god will be with you my friend okay as we move on down here for Kimberly, people who are
2: listening before we go to another mm-hmm, caller if you want to call in, if you have a question, want the chance for an opportunity to be able to ask it live, then our call in number is 657-383-0812. Okay. Again, that is 657-383-0812. And be sure after you call to, be, to press the number one, that alerts our call screeners that you have a question, they'll, they'll be able to get to it, and we may be able to get a chance to speak with you as well.
1: Okay. And uh, we typically don't take quite as long with a caller, but we needed to explain some things about pies and smart contact there. Mm-hmm. And since we've been talking about that, let's go to this next call. Matt from North Carolina, who apparently also has some questions about pies and
0: smart contact. Hi,
1: Matt. How are you today?
0: Wow. Thanks so much for taking my call, uh, Dr. Bain and Kimberly. Um, Thank yeah. you. Um, let's see. Uh, wife was in a uh, limerick. No sex is involved. Uh, lots of phone calls. The best thing that happened was that I found your website and immediately started on the pies, um, cash in a one k went back to college, got my own apartment, mm-hmm. lost 40 pounds, nice. found a church. And we're starting to chat with each other. And I realized mm-hmm. about smart contact and what you said with the other caller, I think that not talking to your spouse is just wrong. Why would you do that? Mm -hmm. Um, if she already felt abandoned by you in the marriage, you're just proving it by not talking to her. Mm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm I'm wondering if I'm going too far because she, like today, she called and just said, you know, I woke up I missed you. You know, she called at 730 Mm
4: -hmm. and
0: I told her how I really felt. I said, I'm feeling lonely. I'm feeling sad. Mm -hmm. You know, does that push her away because she sort of feels responsible for the marriage separating? Or well, what do did I just she say, say, hey, I'm doing great? Um, she said, well, I'm real sorry about that. And she said, I feel sad too.
1: So she so didn't react I'm negatively, correct? She did not no, react negatively.
0: No, she did not. Okay. no, not at all. And so I, I think it's going really well. And I know I need to remain patient, but but is there yeah. some help with like the loneliness? Because I'm, I'm sure with everybody who's on this, listening that at night when you go to bed the, the demons they show up mm. and it's yeah. really hard at night when when it all comes so I guess my question is is all this is going really well how do I just remain patient and and trust and and do I push for reconciliation
1: I'm interested to hear what a psychologist yeah. has to say about that.
2: Well when I side note, when I did get my master's degree, so he got his PhD before I got my master's degree and he, you know, we started calling him Doctor Bean. So when I got my masters, I said, So now I am Master Kimberly. No one did it. Oh but good. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, these are two different questions that I'm hearing, Matt. The first one being in the middle of this on a day-to-day, night-to-night basis, how do I struggle with loneliness, separate question, and how do we move forward Mm -hmm. in possibly reconciling? So I'll address the first one, and I'll let Dr. Beam address the second one. You know, sometimes it is as, it's not easy, because none of this is necessarily easy to do, but sometimes it is as Simple as doing things that you probably already know some of these things to do. Surrounding yourself with a support system is so crucial during this time. And that's one of the hardest things to do because you don't want to just surround yourself with anyone. You want to surround yourself with people who are going to encourage you, who are going to leave you feeling better about the situation, not worse about it, who aren't going to speak ill of your wife. I mean, there's a ton of things that are going to go into that. But then another layer of that is there's a level of shame and embarrassment that can come from admitting to other people, this is what's happening in my marriage. And hey, will you help me and support me in that? But finding that support system, finding the people that you can be vulnerab- vulnerable with, who will pray for you, pray with you, who you can text or call at night when you're feeling lonely it's one of the best things that you can do. Do you have a support system like that?
0: Um, yeah. It's interesting when stuff like this happens, you find out who mm-hmm. uh, is your support system yeah. and who is yeah. really mm-hmm. not, um, which is also right. another whammy on top of everything else that's going on.
4: Um, mm-hmm.
0: I do have kind of a support system. Uh, he, unfortunately he travels a lot. So uh so I email them occasionally, and um, I've got some church friends who I've made who mm-hmm. I may take a little bit more of a bunch of, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. There's so nothing easy I, about I this, my friend.
1: Mm-hmm. It's always yeah. true. not. And, and there are <laughs> going to be the nights. There are going to be the nights when you're going to lie there and, and, you're, and, like, your buddy's out of town and you can't get to him to talk. There are going to be nights when it's just tough. But, and and we can't, we won't pretend that there's a methodology that just removes all of that, because if there is, I don't know what it is. so sometimes you're just kind of tough it out. My recommendation is that when you're having those lonely nights, when you're feeling lonely, rather than than, uh, letting yourself dwell on that, start dwelling on the image of what things can be like if you can put this thing back together. Mm. You see, when you're telling me that, that she's telling you that she misses you and that when you tell her that mm-hmm. you're sad, she doesn't react negatively. You're in a far better position than 90% of the people that contact us. Mm-hmm. Now, I know it doesn't feel like that okay. to you, but you are. Now, obviously it does not guarantee that things are going to work out, but it's, it's a much better position than most people have. Mm-hmm. And so when you feel those only things, just fill your mind, your heart, your ideas with what could it be if we put mm-hmm. it back together. And since you are a, okay. a church person, that's the time also to pray about those things, mm-hmm. those kind of things. Now, when it comes to asking about reconciling, um, is she giving any kind of indication that, she has, that she's ready to reconcile with you?
0: Um, no, she's using that famous word of uh, vacillating back and forth, vacillating <laughs> back and forth. She really doesn't know mm-hmm. um, where she stands. And um, I know that mm-hmm. did some damage, and there's going to have to be some trust rebuilt. mm mm-hmm. um, it was damage that wasn't done on purpose. It was just a damage because I'm a man and lack of knowledge. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, we that, all we I've all are human. Pies, I've, got, I've got my pies and um, I'm in therapy, talking to a therapist, and good. And now I'm able to communicate better with her and and respond to those feelings and and turn towards her. So mm-hmm.
1: good. So anybody listening, patience pies, can be a
0: great pies are, are going to be mm-hmm. the only way. Okay. Patience
1: can be a great attribute here, my friend. Just remember that. Patience can be a great okay. attribute. At the same time, if, if you're ever having those kind of conversations where it's open and, and comfortable and you guys both are getting along with each other, you can mention something about, you know, I know that, that sometimes you think maybe and maybe and sometimes you think not. And I surely get that. And I don't want to pressure you whatsoever. But, you know, there are some resources out sure. there that if ever you're ready can help us think this thing through. And if she responds positively to that, then then you can bring up things such as, you know, we might want to check out this workshop that uh, they do over at Marriage Helper, that kind of thing. Uh, You're in North Carolina, you're not that far away. I just would not push it, but but I would watch out for those opportunities where it sounds like you might be comfortable being able to do that. So deal with the loneliness the way I suggested if you can. And when it comes to uh, the potential reconciliation, I'm suggesting that. You just play that by ear. Take it easy. And if you do bring it up because it seems like the right thing to do, don't push it and make it in terms of, I understand how you feel. And I know you're not ready to make a decision. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's a thing we can do out there that can help us make a decision or help you make a decision if you wish. But if you'd rather just keep going on for a while, I understand that too. And don't push it. Would you agree with that recommendation?
2: Well, I can't disagree with the PhD.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you can.
2: You're right, and I have. I won't right now. No, uh, I do. I do agree with that. And real quick before the next caller, even you know with Matt, he was very specific in the fact he is a person of faith. Of, mm-hmm. um, he's dealing with loneliness. Even the reframing of the current situation he's in. Of, this might be a time where God is preparing him for the future that he has with his wife it's a season so instead of it as a season of loneliness and thinking about everything you're missing out on reframing it as this is a season of me growing of me moving getting rid of things that i don't need in me filling myself with things to make me better working on my pies so that the reconciliation will be that much better when the time
1: comes Mm -hmm. okay so let's go over here to i believe this is colby in Mm -hmm. oklahoma Hi, Colby. How may we help you today? Hey, is that me? I that is be- you. I believe that is you, Colby. Yes. Okay. How may we help you, my <laughs> yeah, friend?
5: So I'm, yeah, so I'm from Louisiana.
1: So that's what threw me off a little bit. So oh, I, it, it, it says Oklahoma, says Oklahoma is on our screen here. Well. So the fact that it says Oklahoma means that you have to move.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you should. Um, so, uh, first of all, thank you for, for taking my call. Um, I am in the. Uh, marriage 9 one uh group on Facebook and um, in the course I'm in like yeah so I'm working through that but I've got a pretty difficult situation I need some help with um, I okay. called Erin and she told me to call into the show so I called in so my question okay. is uh, my wife um, has been battling depression for several months uh, she's on medication um, but she's also pregnant she didn't want to get pregnant and so that's been difficult um, she was, uh, on bed rest for several months. And so I was taking care of our kids while she was doing that, uh, while she was just on the couch and she fell in love with her best friend, uh, my best friend's wife. And, um, they started having an affair in late May and she's actually living with her now. Um, uh-huh. so I'm at home with the kids uh, we have four kids still at home. One's moved out to college and she's pregnant with our sixth child. And he's wow. due to be born in two months, um, and we're getting along really well. Um, but she feels like the relationship with um, with this woman has has gone uh-huh. too far, and she she can't come back. Um, and mm. so she she doesn't want to come home. But after the child is born, um, she she knows that I want my kids at home with me. And Uh she doesn't have a place for them there with her um, Uh at her girlfriend's house. And so um, we were talking, and I said, like, I want you to come home with with us. Like, I can't imagine you not coming home with us from the hospital. And um, Uh we were having a conversation one night about just the difficult things that we're walking through right now. And that was one of the things I said that was really hard for me. And she said, well, I want to come home with you. So my question is, okay. if she wants to come home from the hospital with me, um, mm-hmm. but I have a boundary of her cutting off that relationship in order to live with me in my house. So do I keep and, that boundary, and, or do I let her come mm-hmm. back after the baby is born?
1: No, you realize, of course, we can't tell you what to do. You do understand, right? That, right? It's your, it's yeah. your life, it's, and, and there are all kinds of people who will be happy to tell you what to do, <laughs> but they don't have to live with yeah. the consequences yeah. of your decision. When it comes down to those kinds of things, okay, we seldom talk about boundaries anymore. Kimberly and I were talking about this, what, maybe a year ago, and came up with a different concept than boundaries because boundaries seem to be so misunderstood. So we came up with an acronym. It's called STOP, S-T-O-P. And what that means is a safeguard that offers protection. And so rather than a boundary, which can come to uh, the point of trying to control another person, we say, if you're going to do something, who are you safeguarding? You know, safeguarding that officer protection, stop. Who are you safeguarding and why? And so the question I'd have for you right here is, if you were going to put that up, is that's going to be a stop. You cannot come home with the baby unless you have no more contact with the other woman. Are you safeguarding you, safeguarding her? what? Who are you safeguarding with that?
6: Uh,
5: well, it would be me. Uh, just because okay. emotionally knowing that, that she's okay. continuing
1: to be in contact with her would be really hard. And that's and that's an okay answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it you it just the thing is to be honest with yourself about that. Now, if you say that and she says, No, I can't end it that rapidly because I've got such a strong emotional bonding with this woman and I can come home with you and I can live there, but it doesn't mean that, that these emotions are going to weigh instantly, <laughs> is it worth it to you to say, okay, then you can't live here? And that means that because you're going to have a newborn, that I'm assuming she would take the newborn with her. Is that correct? No,
5: I mean she's she's planning on the him living with me.
1: Okay, hmm. so she would say, here you take the newborn. I'm going to go live with this woman. Now, if yeah. you're thinking about who you're safeguarding, I think you're happy. Well, in my opinion, it's your decision. My opinion mm-hmm. is that um, what does that do to the child? Right. Yeah, but
2: there's five other children.
1: I understand that, and one of whom is, I think you said, already gone off to college, and I do get that. <clears throat> the bonding that takes place between a child and a mom in the first several months of life is a kind of a big deal. Now, if you're thinking, yeah. okay, it's, and I'm, I'm willing for that not to occur because this is that important to me, and if she's saying I'm willing for that to occur because of the fact that I want to be with this other woman, well, then you can make those decisions and make that happen. I'm just asking you to consider very carefully, are you really, is that worth that to you? If it is, it is. Yes. I'm, not, I'm not trying to judge you. I'm just saying think those things through carefully if so you're going to make that kind of one decision. Other piece. Like, yeah. Okay. What's that?
5: The other piece is uh, two and a half weeks ago, my 15 year old um, attempted suicide. Um, um, she overdosed on depression medication. Um, I'm so sorry. Because my wife refused to say she was going to divorce me
1: um and so your 15 year old has, wants your wife to divorce you is that what you just said
5: no she just wanted her to make a decision but now that she's mm. made a decision in louisiana you have to wait a year to get divorced if you have kids and so we're nine months out from that at best okay. Um and getting divorced and so yeah. I'm, so the 15 year old said with, because
1: you won't make a decision i'm going to try to do away with myself is that what you just said
5: that's basically what happened. It's a little more complicated okay. than that, but, yeah, that's basically what and, happened. And
1: how is, how is the 15-year-old doing now?
5: So now she, she's doing better. She's stabilized. Um, we, we've got okay. her counseling, but she, she doesn't really want to have much contact with my wife.
1: Mm-hmm. And so if your wife comes home with a baby – Think about, and and I'm not asking you to answer this now. I'm asking for you to think about these things. I would suggest that you think, okay, if the wife comes home with the baby, how does that affect the 15-year-old? Or if the wife says, I'm going to go be with the other woman and leave the baby here, how does that affect the 15-year-old girl? And so, as Kimberly said, there are other kids involved. I guess I wasn't appreciating how much the other kids are involved. And whatever decision you come to, my friend, you obviously don't know what people are going to do. But because you know your daughter and you know your wife, you can make at least educated guesses. Like, I think it's going to be this. I think it's going to be that. And and so when you come to this conclusion about whether you're going to make that boundary or not, whether you're going to say you you uh, everything you said, I'm going to be redundant, think about the effect it's going to have on you. Think about the effect it's going to have on the baby. Think about the effect it's going to have on the 15-year-old and any other kids who are emotionally affected by this. And ultimately, also how it's going to affect her. There is no clear-cut, simple answer here. And whichever you do, you're very likely to wind up second-guessing yourself. Like, should I have done that or should I have done that? But at least put all those things in that bucket as you consider this and, and, and analyze and think through each one of those so that when you make your decision, you can feel confident that at least you thought things through as well as you could. And that's how you can live with yourself and have peace, whatever that decision is that you come to. Because no matter what you decide, it still may not turn out like you expect, no matter what you decide. You understand that? So, for example, yeah. and, and well, I'm going to get too too involved here. Uh, does it make sense that we're asking you to at least think through all those things before you make this decision? Uh, yes, it does. Okay. If there were a simple, clear-cut solution here, my friend, we'd be happy to help you think through. But this, Mm -hmm. as you know, is an extremely complicated situation. And uh, And, do you have good somebody who can help you think this thing through that you trust? People of wisdom who are not prejudiced against your wife, who can just help you think this through objectively? Do you have people like that in your life?
5: um, I thought I did, but the longer this goes on, the more that they Mm -hmm. are just angry at her
6: Mm -hmm. and –
5: um, I I really am working toward reconciliation, and working on my pies, and,
4: and mm-hmm, so it's really yeah.
5: hard for me to to continue to engage with a lot of people because they're again they're just so angry on behalf of my kids, on behalf of me, and it's coming from a good yeah. place, but it's just not helpful. So yeah,
0: okay. all
1: right, yeah. that's wise. That's wise. I that because they people who love you too much mm-hmm. or love your kids too much wind up giving bad advice, not because they mean to, but because they right. love you so much. It's a complicated situation, my friend. I do hope you can find somebody who's objective that can help you think this thing through. If you have to do it by yourself, at least write it down and think it through carefully before you make your decision. That's all I can recommend. Okay, now we're going to move on to, uh, let's see here.
2: That would be a good situation for a coach.
1: As a matter of fact, explain that to him.
2: Yeah, a marriage helper. We have people who are trained marriage helper coaches of ours, and they work. Uh, they work with people all over the world. So you don't have to go into an office or or make try and figure out your schedule like that. You don't have to do it with your spouse, but you can do coaching. It's different from counseling, in coaching, we are seeing things, like Joe said, our coaches are trained to look at the objective, to ask you questions, to help you think things through, not to tell you what to do um, or even, not even really to get into super deep of all these things that have happened in the past but to help with your behaviors, your current behaviors, your current decisions and help you make great choices based off of where you currently are in your life and so the great thing about our marriage coaches is that we believe in marriage, we believe in reconciliation and they are not going to say anything to lead you away from the fact that let's help you work towards your marriage, but we also honor whatever decisions and choices you choose to make with your life and in your marriage, and so our coaches are awesome. Bottom line is our coaches are awesome, and they work with you wherever you are because all of it's done through phone, Skype, or FaceTime, whichever way you want to do, and so it's it's been really helpful for thousands of people who have used our
1: coaching. Mm -hmm. They don't do counseling or therapy. That's not Mm -hmm. what they do. They help you think things through. They'll ask you questions. They'll challenge you Yeah. And the way you get a coach is you call our number at... Mm
2: eight, six, six, nine, zero, three, zero, nine, nine, zero. There
1: it is on the screen. If you're seeing us on, uh, if you're listening on blog talk, we'll say it again, slower, eight, six, six, nine, zero, three, zero, nine, nine, zero. And if you already have a client representative, ask for him or her and they can help you get to these coaches. That was a very complicated situation that a man has. And I know his heart's breaking yes. for that. Yeah. Sometimes people get it uh, thinking, well, because it's the same gender situation, then is it different? And, and it does make it different, obviously, mm-hmm. but the same principles always apply.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: if, if my spouse is involved with another person of the same gender, I still do the same yep. things. Yep. Now, there are different things going on there. We mm-hmm. admit that there are different things going on there. And it's a unique situation, which mm-hmm. is why we also have alliances with people who are experts in same gender relationships. So because it's so mm-hmm. unique, we can send people exactly. to them. But as far as what you do. It's still the same thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, that's right. All
1: right, this is like a very interesting call from New York. Assuming we got the right state this time, mm-hmm. Shannon, are you there? Can you hear us?
6: Yes. Hi.
1: Hi. How uh, may we help you today, my friend?
6: Thank you for accepting my call. You're very welcome. Uh, okay. Well, with my marriage. With me being young, there's a lot of things that have come up through my childhood mm-hmm. into my marriage. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I cheated on my husband several times.
1: What What is several?
6: Uh, more than 10, I think.
1: And is that with um, the, the same person or 10 different people?
6: No, they're different Uh, I also have a sexual addiction Mm -hmm. Where I watch porn and stuff like that And Mm -hmm. I've told my husband this And then Well, before me and my husband got together I lost my mother in 2006 So with that It has made me very angry. But recently this year, I've worked on myself. See, I was very angry and hating towards God, and that would come up into our marriage. And at the time, my husband didn't understand. And then my mother-in-law passed away, Last January Or January of last year Two days before my husband's birthday And When my husband and I first Got together I remember We used to write each other, each other Letters all the time And He would first cry And see I always thought And it may be weird But I always thought Men were are more of a man to cry. Well, he has stopped doing that.
1: Okay. Let me ask you a question. Does he still want to save the marriage? Yes. Okay. He says he does. And and you may have said this, and if so, I missed it, so help me here. Are you getting any kind of uh, therapy for your addiction? No. Okay. Have you checked out any kind of the 12-step groups like Sexaholics Anonymous or anything like that? No. Okay. So you're trying to fix this on your own, the fact that you have these abandonment issues, these childhood issues. And I'm assuming, if I if I heard you correctly, that what you're doing sexually comes out of childhood experiences. Is that correct?
6: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Okay. So if I may ask, why would you not seek professional help from people who really know how to help you with that?
6: Well, first, my husband and I can't afford it. And two... My
1: husband and I work opposite shifts. Okay. And how would working opposite shifts keep you from getting help personally?
6: He's the only driver in the house.
1: He's only what? I'm sorry?
6: Mm-hmm. Driver?
1: Driver. Oh, okay. I didn't hear that word. Okay. You said you're young. If I may ask, how young are you?
6: I'm 38.
1: Okay. That's still young. Let me recommend a resource for you, if I may, since you're saying finances are a problem. This probably will lead to some money of some kind for help, but at least it's a great resource for what you're talking about. If you go online to sexhelp, that's S-E-X-H-E-L-P, sexhelp.com, that's a website that... Um, is associated with Patrick Carnes. Dr. Carnes is considered to be like the grandfather of working with sexual addiction. They have several resources on that site itself and they also can refer you to people in your area that have been certified to help people with sexual addiction situations. It may well be that if you go to their site, find their free resources, whatever they are. And then if, if they have people in your area, you may be able to contact them and tell them, this is my financial situation. Because some of these people, some of these counselors and therapists that have been certified by Carnes by organization over there actually work for nonprofit organizations where they can do a sliding scale based on your income. In other words, where they can make it where you can afford it. And then even if, if uh, you say, okay, well, how do I get there? There are ways to figure those kinds of things out as well. You know, um, those things can happen. But when it comes to sexual addiction, That's an area where we don't deal with it directly because we, even though I'm a sexologist, a sexologist is a person who studies about sex and teaches about sex. I'm not a sex counselor. I'm not a sex therapist. The people who do those things are really good at it, and at least they're supposed to be really good at it. And so I'm going to recommend, again, you go to sexhelp.com and and look for the reference free resources and, and what they have available to you in your area. Now, if that becomes, if you can't find somebody certified by them that you can afford, there's one other site I recommend. Now, this site is a religious site, and, and so if, if that's okay with you, then it's a good site to go to. If you don't like the religious part of it, then you won't like this site, but because they are a religious organization, they may be able to have things available to you that other people are paying for. It always costs money, but sometimes they have donors. And that other site is XXX Church. So three X's and then church, always one word. Dot come. I believe it is. I think that's right. I think it's not. Even come.
2: if you just Google triple X church, you'll find yeah,
1: it. Yeah. If you, know, you type in triple X church or XXX church and Google will take you to them and their resources might be more affordable. And they're also very, very good at what they do. Mm. So what I'm saying is there are people out there that can help you with that. And since your husband is saying that he still wants to put it back together, mm-hmm. then then I would strongly recommend that you go to this. Okay, now Kimberly, I've gotten lost in here. So can you tell me which one I should be going at next? Okay. Um.
2: Well, okay, you
1: do that. <laughs> I'm handing I'm handing the controls over to Kimberly because I've gotten lost in what I'm doing. We should make. You see, I'm 143 years lesson. old, and when you're 143 years old, sometimes you get confused. No,
2: I think there's an underlying principle of just hand the woman the reins.
1: <laughs> <and> she will <laughs> figure
2: out what well here to just put this it. thing
1: over here where you are, oh. folks you can see us doing here. Yeah. I've lost control of where we were on this, and so I'm handing it over to the woman you know well, but
2: here's something I did want you to speak about when we first started the program, but we got. Caught up in talking about YouTube. Okay. We had a workshop this past weekend, mm-hmm. and it was an amazing workshop. I wanted to ask you to tell our listeners, our audience, a little bit about it, about the amazing things you saw. Because uh, Joe, typically, Doctor Bean does not lead our workshops, but this past weekend he was the main facilitator. So the group that came was in for a real treat. They didn't know, and then surprise, you get
1: the, <laughs> you get the B team, you the get Dr. biggest Bean. and the best. <laughs> Yes, I only do about three workshops per year, and we don't tell people which workshops those are because our other facilitators are and leaders are awesome. They're extremely good at what they do. All
2: of them are great. And,
1: and we don't want people thinking, well, you know, I want the doctor. Yeah. But, but I mean, they're all extremely good. Uh, this was the smallest workshop we've had lately. There were 20 couples in this workshop, and they came from everywhere. Two weeks ago, we had people there, for example, from uh, Asia. Uh, was it Singapore or Hong Kong? Singapore. That Singapore mm-hmm. that time. But we get people from Hong Kong. We get people from Australia. We get people from all over the world, Beijing, uh, Germany, uh, London, mm-hmm. England, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, mm-hmm. This couple did have uh, interesting, remember there was a couple in this workshop that on Thursday morning, the workshop started Friday morning, they contacted mm-hmm. us Thursday morning and enrolled and drove down mm-hmm. from Canada during the day Thursday to be there for the workshop.
2: Oh, yes. I met them.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was uh, interesting how that happens. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it's the smallest workshop we've had recently. We do have a limit. There are only X number of couples that we will take. Um, But it was a great workshop, great people, a lot of good. uh, We covered all kinds of topics that we always do in the workshop. And it was interesting just to watch people change Mm
0: -hmm. as they
1: begin to have revelations of, uh, oh, that's why I do that. Or, mm-hmm. oh, that's why my spouse does that. Oh, wait a minute. We probably could do this. And, and we know that statistically speaking, uh, since we've been doing this workshop for 20 years, mm-hmm. is that three out of four couples will actually turn it around, some at the workshop, some a week later, some a month later, some mm-hmm. six months later. Mm-hmm. But we know that three out of four will turn it around and actually uh, stay in their marriage and make it good again. Mm-hmm. One out of four, we know, also will make the decisions mm-hmm. not to do that. And I think this will hit at least that. And interestingly, we know that the couples that not to with our coaches after the workshop.
2: Mm, yes.
1: The percentage is even higher. It's amazing. About the people who can work those things out. Our it workshop is, is just really very good. Um, I know that might sound yeah. egotistical, no. but we have counselors, <laughs> a therapist, psychiatrists yeah. come from everywhere just to check it out. And they're the ones right. telling us very good. And for yeah. some reason, my watch is chiming. I have no it's idea. It's telling
2: you I mean. you need to. Get- <laughs>
1: All it says crowd. I've been sitting too long. It's time to get up and move. That's exactly, exactly what my money is
2: Well, and also before we go to the next caller, I want I wanted to talk about in uh, or mention that on the weekend of September seventh and eighth, you're gonna be speaking in Texas, down in McAllen, Texas, at a church Palm Valley.
1: Palm Valley Church. Oh yes.
2: I know his schedule better than he does, but we also we always have people who say, "I wish I would have known Doctor Beam was speaking. I would have gone and heard him." He'll be speaking at a church. So if you are in the Texas area, or you just really want to go and hear well, Doctor Beam, well, Texas is a pretty
1: speak. big state. If if you're in the <laughs> yes. McAllen, Texas area, it's actually in Mission, Texas, which is a suburb yeah. of McAllen. If you're mm-hmm. in that valley down there, it's going to be uh, it'll be Saturday night, mm-hmm. and then. Twice on Sunday Mm -hmm. um, at the Palm Valley Church, which is one of my favorite churches on planet Earth. It's an awesome, awesome great church. And so, if you're going to be over there that weekend, Mm -hmm. we would love to have you either Saturday night service or two Sundays. Look them up, Palm Valley Church, Mm -hmm. Mission, Texas, and you can find out their location and times.
2: September 7th and 8th. That's when that is when Dr. Green will be there. All right, Kevin from Arizona, which is not too far from Texas in the grand (laughs) scheme of things. (laughs) How can we help you today?
4: well, first of all, I appreciate you guys taking my call because uh, my wife nor I have anybody unbiased in our situation that we get to speak with. Um, but I was uh, wanting to know what advice you guys could give me on my situation. Uh, my wife, of four years, left left our home about two months ago. Um, she ignored all my attempts when I was trying to reach out to her for about three weeks, and then uh, <clears throat> I, of course, made my st- have made my stance completely clear that uh, I want a reconciliation and I've been pretty clear on that up until about three days ago. Um, She's never showed any interest in reconciliation until um, I basically did cut off contact with her three days ago, uh, mainly because I was just, getting hurt by everything that she was saying. And, you know, it was all negativity. Um, but she did send a message saying that, you know, she would be willing to do marriage counseling, but um, she had no intentions of ever returning to the home and that we could be married, but live separately. And basically from where she's living and, and the fact that we don't have any unbiased um, people in our life. And I know her, like the basis behind our our breakup per se is, is mostly based on false perceptions, like number one, she thinks I've been having an affair on her and I haven't been having an affair. So like a lot of our problems are just, um, I wouldn't say imaginary problems, but there, there, there's, there's no basis to them. And when I try Mm -hmm. to discuss those things with her to just to find out, you know, why she has that false perception um, she's been unwilling to do any discussion. And like I said, this message that I got from her two days ago was the first time of, any, anything reconciliating wise. Um, and that was just simply, you know, I I would be willing to do it, but I have absolutely no intention of, um, coming back to the home and, uh, um, you know, and and the other thing there is she's wanting me to provide her transportation, um, to get to and from those counseling sessions. Um, and I guess my question is more of like a boundary issue. Like, um, there, you know, there's the boundary of, of We we actually split up in December And when we reconciled then We had the boundary that, you know If there was a problem She wouldn't leave the home without, you know Us having some kind of discussion And then she left anyway And now there's the boundary of this I'll do marriage counseling only if this is the, the case Does that make sense? I
1: didn't, I kind of missed what the question is. I was trying to listen very carefully to what you were saying. What specific question do you have? Because I think I missed that somehow.
4: I I guess it's more based on boundaries. If if there's a boundary in place, like obviously I don't want to lose my wife and and my family in this situation, but like there's boundaries Mm. in place, but she's not, she's going against those boundaries. Um, How, I mean, do you,
2: So she's not following through with her and I don't know if I would call those boundaries though. I don't
1: think I would either. It sounds. Okay. Tell me if I'm wrong. Is is Kevin, right? Is that right? Do I have the name correct? Is it Kevin? Yes. Okay, Kevin. Kevin, yes. um, help me understand here because I'm I may I just may not be getting it. It doesn't sound like those are boundaries. It sounds like those were stipulations.
0: Mm. What
1: I mean is that you stipulated that this should happen, stipulated that that should happen, and she did not live up to your stipulations, and you're upset about that. Is that what I'm hearing?
4: Yes, but they were they were joint. They were joint like these are boundaries that her and I in December had put, you know, put put in place mutually that, you know, this was mm-hmm. this was how it was going to be. And now, you know, we we've thrown those boundaries out.
1: OK, at least she has. And so you say that she left you because she feels that you're cheating on her.
4: Uh, That's there's about there's about five reasons and four out of the five are not true. (laughs) One of them, the biggest one is is the false false perception of an affair.
1: That is the biggest of among the five among the five are any of those is any of those where she says she feels like you're controlling her.
4: Absolutely. One of of them is, is a control issue.
1: Okay. And so if she feels that, if she feels you're controlling her, can you, um, do you think that's valid, that she could feel that?
4: Um, personally, no. I mean, simply because of what she, she how she's perceiving things as, from a control situation, I don't see them from that same perspective. Um, so, so you don't feel that I, you're I controlling in
1: any shape, fashion, or form at all?
4: I wouldn't say any way, shape, fashion at all. I mean, there, there, there is some, but not, okay. not in the in the basis that she feels.
1: Okay, so if I hear what you're saying, you're saying that that you're mm-hmm. discounting what she feels.
4: Not completely.
1: But I've heard you say several times now that it's his, her misperception. She doesn't understand. She's seeing it wrong, and and that's basically how you're viewing most of these five things, right? Correct. Okay. Can you see that she may, and I don't know her, so I'm not speaking for her. I'm just asking questions. Can you see how that, with that kind of language, she might be thinking, you don't understand what I feel. You don't listen to me when I tell you what I feel. Do you think she might feel devalued when it comes to, rather than you saying, okay, I'm trying to understand how you feel. Instead, you're telling her, you shouldn't feel that way because you're not understanding things correctly. Can you see how the possibility would exist? And again, I don't want her to hurt her. a question. Can you see how the possibility would exist that she feels that you don't understand her? It,
4: based on the way you and I are talking right now, I would see that. But when I'm speaking with her, I'm I'm actually speaking differently, and and actually I'm the one that's that's um, always not always but i'm expressing to her that you know this is how i feel whether that's how you're trying to make me feel or or if that's the truth basically what you're you're saying about me is how i normally talk with her as far as you know she dis, discounts my feelings and but when i'm speaking with her it's a little bit different than when i'm speaking with you it's you know just like the affair all all i ask is you know obviously she has this 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 perception. And I would mm-hmm. just like to know why she has this perception. And then that's the end of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Like we, she, she refuses to talk after that. Um, okay. So, so basically like it, I am consistent.
1: correct then that when she tells you these things, you tell her that she's wrong.
4: I, I guess in a way, yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, obviously you can do whatever you think is the best thing to do. I mean, it's your life. I don't live it. But my guess is, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but my guess is if I were talking to her instead of you and were asking her questions, I'm thinking what I would hear back from her is the reason that I, I left, even though I agreed that I would not do it, is because I felt like I was kind of coerced. I felt like that uh, that Kevin's such a strong personality and he's got great way with words that I wound up agreeing with things, but it's not because I really agree, it's because I finally just give up. Has she ever said any of those kinds of words or any of that kind of language at all to you about you? You're good.
4: <laughs> 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 words for word. <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't, don't get her tickled. When she laughs, it tears my earphones up here. <laughs> if, if that's what she's feeling. I yeah, know. Right? Okay, it this woman, it right? is. But okay. I do. You love this woman, right? right? Okay. Absolutely. Then my strongest, strongest suggestion to you is listen to what she feels, even if you think it's wrong, even if you think it's a total misperception. If you really want to reopen dialogue with her, really have communication with her, it's going to have to happen that she feels that you truly are hearing what she feels, even if you think it's wrong, that you're truly hearing what she feels. And that's going to be the way to start this thing open where that if you're ever going to communicate truly again, it's going to have to start there. My guess is you're a really good guy. My guess is you're also a guy that gets things done and makes things happen. But when we're interacting with a spouse, it's just a different thing. And if, if, if particularly women, but it's also true of men, but particularly women, if they don't feel understood and they, they can't defend themselves because you're really good with words. And so they try to defend themselves and then you ask questions and they get confused. They just give up. They just stop. And then, what they do is they start pulling further and further away. So if you want her to come back, if you want to put this together, a skill you're going to have to learn, my guess is you're small enough to do it, but it's going to be a different way than you normally do it. It's to really, really tune into her and rather than telling her in whatever way you do it that that's not what she feels, is doing the very best you can to understand what she feels, even if you think it's wrong, to understand it and to let her know that you understand it. If you can do that, you can start turning this thing around, my friend. I know you're smart enough because you're a very bright man. I'm listening to you. You're very smart. But it's going to have to be that kind of approach. If anything's going to work, that's what's going to work. Would you agree, Kimberly?
6: I
4: would agree. I would agree as well. I just don't know how to <laughs> to, oh, to expand so I can understand where the perceptions are coming from.
1: Uh, here's a suggestion, and, and it's going to sound like a commercial, so forgive me. Call our number, and we'll give it in just a moment here. Call our number and ask for one of our client representatives, unless you've already talked to one, and ask them about our online program, which can teach you a lot of these things, or about one of our coaches. And, and uh, if you talk to one of our client representatives about one of our coaches, say, Dr. Beam suggested I need to talk to one of the guys. Because I think that's that's what's going to work best with you, because they're going to understand your male perspective on this. You can do this. This can happen. And we'd love to help you do it. Unfortunately, we out of time here, but we would love to help you with this. So please call us and see if we can find some way to help work with you, because I really want to help you, my friend. OK. I appreciate it.
2: Thank, okay, you, Kevin. thank you very much.
1: And I'm so sorry we're out of time. Our telephone number, again, for all of you is 866 And we also have those YouTube uh, videos, right?
2: We do. But I just have to say, after hearing him talk and hearing him say to you, man, you're good. I have this brilliant idea that we should just rebrand the show as Joe the Psychic. And people call in and tell you what's going on in their marriage. And you predict what the future will hold if things continue to go the way they're going.
1: Yeah, but that's going to be $6 a minute.
2: <laughs> yes, is <laughs> right. And it will be at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> all, of it, okay. all of it will be different. Well, hey, you guys, just like Joe said, you can find us at marriagehelper.com. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash marriagehelper. And if you can't join us every Monday live, then subscribe to our podcast. Marriage Helper Live, you can find that in Google Play. You can find it in iTunes. Just go ahead and subscribe. You can always listen to these as you're driving to work or driving home or working out or trying to go to sleep. So many people have told me and Joe that they listen to us as they're falling asleep. and I Which
1: really kind of offends
2: me. I have so said I that to our marketing team. We've been in marketing meetings. And I'm like, I don't know how people think that's a good thing. And they're like, no, it means that they trust you and they want to hear you before sweet dreams and i'm like whatever i don't i don't get it but hey you guys we'll be back here next monday at 12 30 you can join us on youtube live or facebook live or again subscribe to the podcast and we're here for you throughout the week as well we'll talk to you next time have a
6: good one thank you